the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is Thursday, July 30th, 2020. Mark Davison for Dennis Prager. Some multiple significance for Sam Cooke out of 1964, and a change is going to come. It would seem the natural soundtrack for the day of the farewell to Congressman John Lewis which is underway at this very moment of the Ebenezer, the storied Ebenezer Baptist Church, where Dr. King's words once rang out and the salutes to Congressman Lewis are deserved and proper and are a big part of today's news. But I don't know if you've caught it from this morning's news or have become aware, but uh, and th- this is going to be an interesting uh, comparison to draw, not who's greater, who do you like, who do you like, no, 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 no. But it, the juxtaposition is going to be shall we say, interesting, and I can't think of a more thoughtful and better place to do it than right here on the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Mark Davis at 660 AM, The Answer, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Dennis is back tomorrow to finish off your week, but uh, I hate to have to tell you, if you didn't already know, that a great American, a magnificent conservative, and politics aside, an inspiring and godly and wonderful man, the great Herman Cain, has passed away at the age of 74. This was really just in the last couple of hours. He had been hospitalized in Atlanta. And from our listeners and our station in Atlanta, boy, are you guys welcome, but everybody is. You know the number, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. And, of course, he was at the Trump rally in Tulsa. I was in a room with him like four days earlier um, with my friend Larry Elder and my friend Alan West. The Uncle Tom movie. By the way, I can't think of a better night for you to to stream Uncle Tom and see not just Herman Cain's contribution in it, but how better to appreciate the full context of what people like Herman have meant to America and will still mean. The inspiration that he leaves, the spark that he lit through his incredible years in public service. My, my first, one of my first memories of, I mean, I've known about Herman Cain through his CEO, uh, you know, Godfather's Pizza stage. And of course, the 2012 uh, presidential campaign, the 999 plan. Uh, that thing still holds up. I, if you don't know what that was, I'll tell you just as part of a hundred things that are in my head about the great Herman Cain. He came here to North Texas for the premiere of Uncle Tom. So I'm there on a stage with Larry Elder and the director, Justin Malone, and they're in the front row. There's Alan West, and there's Herman Cain. And they're, they're, that's, that's about a third of the movie right there. You put these guys together. Uh, but here's the interesting thing. Uh, I'm just being me, uh, I was doing a bunch of distancing, 
And so it's not like I was getting hugs or even handshakes at that point by design, but it was a, a joy and an honor to be in that room with him. And now, of course, everybody that's, you know, been in any kind of close contact with him and then the Louis Gohmert uh, COVID-19 positive yesterday and everybody's trying to remember if I've been within, you know, six feet of Louis. Um, so simultaneously, as we begin this Thursday show, there are just a lot of things in the air. Uh, I have a, an enormous desire to, to, to celebrate the life of Herman Cain and the contributions that he made to our country, to conservatism, to our, uh, to the talk show industry, both as a topic and as a host. Herman Cain was at one point a radio guy and a good one because not everybody takes to this when plucked from some other field of endeavor. So just, Lord, welcome, welcome your humble servant, Herman Cain. Well done, good and faithful servant. I did this last time I was here on Dennis's show, and not only did nobody mind, uh, folks rather enjoyed it. So if we have God on our minds, um, I do this at the beginning of a local show, and so why not on this national platform? As we dive into all kinds of agreement and disagreement, all kinds of matters that are uplifting and depressing and everything in between, um, it's just a good idea to do so with our mind on the God who made us all. Lord, we ask you today for wisdom and for goodwill, the wisdom to navigate our problems from COVID-19 to social strife, to fill us with the energy to be smart and safe as we reclaim our lives and try to reopen and open up our schools and all the things we're trying to do here in the virus era. And Almighty God, give us wisdom to seek smart solutions to our social problems, because we have those. Even as troublemakers seek to divide us amid these divisions, let us treat each other with respect and with patience as we work together to change the list of things that really should be changed, but to resist those who would take this opportunity to destroy big parts of our history and our culture. Remind us, Lord, that in these most challenging of times, that you are there to unite us, to follow your guidance, and to treat each other as we would like to be treated. Because we know, Lord, if we follow you, we can get through anything. We ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Phone number is one eight Prager seven seven six. Let's uh, let let's give you a little thumbnail of things we might talk about today. Uh, how many of these we get to will be largely up to you. <laughs> I bring them up, and then I bend to the will of the public uh, on those phone lines. And follow me on Twitter, at Mark Davis. You're always welcome to do that. Appreciate it. There's another whole talk show that takes place over there. Uh, on Mr. Kane, um, as I've said, I'll spend a lot of time today. Uh, or, I mean, not a lot, how much depends on what you guys want to do. I'm not doing a lot of speechifying. I, I like to juxtapose my thoughts with you and many of you apparently are very interested in talking about the treatment that bill barr got at the house judiciary committee the other day oh i will gladly go into that with you it was so shameful even for today's democrat party it was so shameful but let me tell you the shameful thing today i want to focus mostly on the the upbeat the joy of 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 being around herman cain a few times um but this is going to be one of those days where the worst in people come out. The worst, the worst in people will rear its head. They, the cesspool, the, the, the sewage of social media 
the people grandstanding and mocking and pointing, as will happen, as will happen. But even among some more thoughtful people, there's something where people really need to kind of check themselves. If someone wants to use the passing of Herman Cain as an occasion to say, hey, you might want to wear that mask. Okay, that is that is not out of school. That's not unsound. However, um, the notion that there are people going a little further on this, getting up on the high horse, and uh, that Herman Cain's death is tragic and so preventable. I'm sorry. And then you'll get all kinds of endless footage of him at the uh, at the Trump rally. And guess what? At the Trump rally, he ain't wearing a mask. And you know what? Neither's anybody else for the most part. And they ain't got it for the most part. So just everybody repeat after me. I have no idea where Herman Cain got the COVID-19. Say it again and again and again. And that way you can avoid the know-it-all condescension and scolding, which many, many, many people are going to um, weaponize today. But again, if, if somebody want if if somebody wants to take anybody's very unfortunate COVID nineteen death and say, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for all of us to, if there's some things that we're not doing that we could do to reduce our chances of of transmission, incoming or outgoing, then maybe it's a good day to do those things. Start doing those things. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But oh my, <laughs> would that social media and would that our country in twenty twenty. Would that it were filled with um, that kind of thoughtful restraint. I'm guessing we're going to get a a, a good wave of many, many other things. Speaking of the virus, um, here comes another relief package. Here comes another stimulus. I hate calling it that because it's not a bailout. It's not a stimulus. It's a rescue in, in what I hope are unique times. But that doesn't mean that I favor it. It doesn't mean one of two things is true. Either cranking out twelve hundred more dollars or even more, you know, raiding the already empty treasury to shower millions of Americans with taxpayer money. That's either a good idea or a bad idea. It's either necessary in these horribly trying times or a terrible idea that, that, that further dashes our fiscal health. But look through it through the the lens of. What helps Trump win? If he doesn't do it and stands on that principle, do we get President Biden? And are you fiscally happy then? Lots to do today. God bless and rest in peace, Herman Cain. Mark Davison for Dennis. Be right back. The Dennis Prager Show. President Trump really wants to give you a signed 2020 Make America Great Again hat. He wants to make sure the lucky winner is one of his top supporters. Be sure to enter soon because this is an opportunity you don't want to miss. This offer is only going to a select group of supporters and you're one of them. All you have to do is text Prager to 88022-88022 today for your chance to win a signed 2020 Make America Great Again hat. P-R-A-G-E-R Prager to 88022. Join President Trump in the fight to keep America great for four more years. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. Live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. A long time coming, but I know change gonna come. 
It is the Dennis Prager Show for this Thursday, 30th of July, 2020. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Lots to talk about. Many people wanting to talk about the life, the legacy of Herman Cain, who passed away this morning. Lots of uh, talk about the still resonating today, the just the incredible, uh, brutal punishment endured by Bill Barr at the hands of Democrats this week at the House Judiciary Committee. And listen, being me, you know, the, the official uh, talk show space dork of record, uh, how about that uh, magnificent launch at uh, 4.50 in the morning out there Pacific time, 6.50 for me here in Central Time, the Perseverance Rover. It'll take seven months to get to Mars, and it's taking a helicopter with it, a helicopter on Mars. I may pass out. From from just space dork adrenaline. So cool. So cool. Mars right now is 60 million miles away. Uh, it's it, It'll take seven months to get there. It kind of makes you think about human beings making that trip. You can do the moon in three days. Mars, a little farther. But I, I, I thought when I watched Man Walk on the Moon 51 summers ago, uh, right now, uh, when I was 11, I thought surely we'd have footprints on, the Mar- uh, on Mars by the time I'm 30. Well, I'm 62, still waiting. So lots to do today. Let's dive in and see what folks want to do. 1-8-Prager-776, and we are in Pasadena, California. John, hey, Mark Davison for Dennis, how are you? Hi, Mark. It's so nice to speak with you. Thank you. Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I'm really having a heavy heart about Herman Cain today. Uh, back in 2012, when, I, when you know we were looking for a replacement uh, for Obama, uh, I was I was an early uh, early adapter of the Kane train, and uh, really stood behind his message. And I, you know, I guess what I'm concerned about is so many of the leading conservative voices today are are you know older gentlemen, and uh, you know Herman Cain was 74. I, I will take an actual sentence that was coherent in there. And and it goes like this, because uh, I do hear the notion of youth and conservatism. And when 2024 comes about, right after the Trump uh, second term, which that last gentleman will love, I'm sure, and I will enjoy uh, the thought of him enduring it. Um, no, that's that's unkind. My first thought is for everybody to come to clarity and realize that how great conservatism actually is. That's my wish. Anyway, though, um, when the 2024 Derby rolls out one might think that mike pence would be there but there will be a still youthful ted cruz a still youthful marco rubio and uh, and and who knows what a, a youthful nikki haley uh, a positive whippersnapper and dan crenshaw perhaps yes the texas congressman with the eye patch if you need the identifier so i am i am i'm energized by the notion of of younger conservatives working their way through the ranks. Uh, oh, oh, hello, Christy Nome in South Dakota. Is she everybody's favorite governor? I mean, uh, and it's not to you know throw any shade toward my own governor, Greg Abbott, whom I love and who's a friend, and Ron DeSantis in Florida and various others, Mike DeWine in Ohio. I don't, I don't believe there's any shortage of uh, of young conservatives ready to roll. Alrighty, we are in Pittsburgh. Edna, hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. Welcome. How are you? Hello. You lead right in. You're a quite a host here because you lead right into my topic. Well, I'm glad. I'm How glad did I know that? Look what I look what I did there. <laughs> I don't know, but you're talking to a friend, really. Um, our spirits were aligned as friends, and 
to my brothers and sisters out there and all my conservative, libertarian-type friends who don't want to wear a mask, have any of us, any of us thought younger people don't tend to get as sick? I'm 66. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I caught it, I wouldn't maybe be able to vote in November. Yep. Please, for the sake of proportionately, conservatives tend to be older. For the sake of our nation, please wear a mask, even if you don't want to. And true, it is somewhat of an infringement. However, I haven't heard one talk show host pick up on this. I would like to see today's topic on every program be this. Please wear the mask until Wednesday after the election, and we've won. Yeah, well, yeah, then you can do what you want. But, all right, well, let's, let's keep everyone. You know, listen, it's it's either a good idea or it's not, and I think it's a good idea. And and, and Edna, oh. thank you. If, of course, it's a good. Listen, uh, are there people who have over uh, emphasized it, been over scolding? You know, it's a panacea for all. Of course, of course, of course, of course. However, uh, all I can do is speak for myself. And I've I've actually talked about doing just a quick selfie video public service announcement. Yours is great, and I may uh, if if I can incorporate it. It's like listen, feel the way you want about a mask, but if it keeps you healthier, so you can vote on November third and get that Trump second term, wear the dang thing. Complain all the while if you wish, but wear the dang thing uh, when it's appropriate, and it's appropriate. I mean, if you're at the beach alone or driving in your car by yourself, guess what? Don't worry about it. But if you're in close contact with with people you don't know, then or and certainly at a business that requires it, which they have every right to do, I'm not a favorite, not a fan of mask mandates from government at all under any circumstance. But uh, when you're in close contact with strangers, it's just a good idea to do. It's smart. It's considerate. It's a good idea. Anyway, my mask selfie PSA would essentially involve uh, involve staring into the camera. Of course, it would sound like this. Hey, I'm Mark David. I have to work on that because the thing I've had to, I don't know, cut a hole in the thing for the purpose of the PSA. Of course, that kind of defeats the imagery, doesn't it? But basically, the message would be, hi, I'm Mark Davis, and I hate this thing. I hate wearing this thing. I hate seeing it on me. I hate seeing it on you. I like smiling and having it known that I'm smiling. I know our eyes smile. I know, I know. But I want you to see my actual smile, and I want to see your actual smile. I want to see each other. I want to be around each other. I, I, I don't want to have to worry about whether I left the doggone thing in the car while I'm walking in to get a bagel. It's making me crazy. I hate this thing, but I'm wearing it. But I'm wearing it. Because I realize that if my wearing it makes me less likely to bring it home to my family, if my wearing it makes me less likely to get it because I'm actually a member of three risk groups, one involving age, one involving weight, one involving non-membership in Black Lives Matter. We all know that all three are, are a factor. Uh, if that's the case, then, then I'm going to do what I can do. It's uh, it's no skin off my nose. Pardon the expression. So at the times when it makes sense, I'm going to wear it. I hate it. I can't wait till I can get on a plane without it. I probably ain't going to get on a plane until I can. But in in the meantime, though, in the meantime, for those of us who just hate these doggone masks, fine. I can't make you love them. You can't make me love it. I hate it on me. I hate it on you. I hate that it's a good idea to wear it, but it is, so I'm going to do it. This message brought to you by the Ad Council. I don't know. So um, that's, that's just, uh, I'll, I'll probably cobble it first. I need to cut it down in length there because that got a little wordy, <laughs> which I will do. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis. And just a, a quick word because we're so very, very grateful to the folks there at, at, uh, at WGKA AM 920, The Answer in Atlanta, Jonathan Bryant, 
the program director there in Atlanta. It, it tells us about their history with Herman Cain. Uh, he worked there, had the bottom line with Herman Cain, and mentions the station in his book. So specific Atlanta memories there for Herman. Be right back. I've been looking for that may do. Dennis is back tomorrow to wrap up your week on a Friday and wrap up the month of July. Holy cow, where did that go? Mark Davis with you here in happy North Texas at 6.60 a.m. The answer where I'm the, uh, the morning host. And that means I've already logged one talk show. So with whatever remaining vestiges of energy I have, <laughs> and believe you me, these days I often make the joke, I can do two or three talk shows today. And some days I pretty well get that chance. So it's always a joy to be here on the Dennis Prager Show. Let's talk to some of the folks who have wandered in. The passing of Herman Cain, the savaging of Bill Barr in the in, in Congress this week, and his, his patience and resolve. Uh, who is the Democrat genius who thought it was a good idea to invite him? Who thinks Democrats came off looking well at... Uh, uh, on that occasion and um various other things ready to roll one eight prager seven seven six we are in tampa hey kathy mark davison for dennis how are you hey kathy this is kathy hi nice to have you welcome yes uh, i'm a long time listener first time caller thank you <laughs> well you could wait till dennis was here i get your first time call i'm particularly honored and so and so is he i appreciate it well i wanted to share a a wonderful memory of Herman Cain from the 2012 Republican Convention here in Tampa. Sure. I was working as a volunteer near the Fox News booth, and as candidates went by, I'd shout out their names and say hello. Some would ignore me, some maybe didn't hear me, whatever. But when I when I shouted out Herman Cain, he said hello. And I said, hi, I, you know, I worked on your, uh, you know, I worked locally for your campaign here, and I'm really sorry. Don't believe all those uh, terrible things that they said about you. I know they're not true. And, you know, Godspeed. And as he went by, he went by and he did his thing on Fox News. As he was leaving, I was busy uh, assisting some of the uh, delegates. But he said, so long, Kathy, have a good day. Well, I can't well. believe that he remembered me. You know, all these other candidates, you know, either ignored me or didn't, you know. Oh, and even the, even the well-meaning ones, even the really well-meaning ones who enjoyed the 10 seconds of, of interface with you, it's not that they necessarily would have remembered your name a few minutes later. It is a measure of the kind of of personability that he had, the kind of relatability that he had. And, in fact, he had not been. In the deep glaze, the bubble of campaign life, I got to tell you, people, we talk about politicians all the time and, you know, we kick them around and they deserve it. But there, it will suck the brain out of your head to campaign for year, year in, year out, 5,000 rubber chicken dinners, shaking 947 squillion hands. I, I'm surprised their brains aren't just all leaking out their ears. Herman Cain came to that 2012 campaign with a freshness and a businessman's focus. You could suggest that our current president has that same that same benefit, and I appreciate that so much. I uh, I was around Herman probably three times in person, probably had him on the show five or six times beyond that, and um, just a a remarkable remarkable force of nature. Okay, the nine 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 plan. You'll hear this referred to a lot. He, he, he on on the debate stages of twenty twelve that eventually yielded Mitt Romney. Uh, my view of Mitt 2012 and my view of Mitt now, 
vastly different. Anyway, though, the 999 plan, what was that? That was the Herman Cain uh, blueprint for doing away with our tax structure as we have it now, doing away with payroll taxes, doing away with capital gains, doing away with estate taxes, death taxes, all of them gone. Okay, how do you run the government? 999, a 9% personal tax, okay, which for you know people getting hit at 27 or 33 sounds pretty good. Yeah, but wait, 9% federal sales tax, consumption tax, the fair tax, its proponents like to call it, and a 9% corporate tax. So 9% personal, 9% federal sales, 9% corporate. Was that ever plausible? Absolutely. Absolutely it was. And uh, if we were to pass that tomorrow, it'd be better than we have right now. So anyway, God bless Herman Cain for these and various other ideas. Great story, Kathy. Thank you very, very much. And we thank you for everything you're going to let's let's branch it out a little bit. Remembrances, recollections, appreciations of Herman Cain. Uh, thoughts about what's going to happen, the scoldings he's going to get. Oh, we know he died because he wasn't wearing a mask at the Trump rally. Guess what? No, you don't. These and other things, plenty of other issues in the news. Mark Davis in for Dennis Prager. Stick around. The Dennis Prager Show. And at this moment in time, that will enable you to see the room I'm sitting in here in Irving, Texas, right there. There's a fence across the street from us on Beltline. That's the the division of our property and the uh, eastern fringe of DFW Airport. So you usually see Dennis in whatever room he is in right now. It's here in Texas because that's where I am. Mark Davis filling in for Dennis. Appreciate you guys. All righty. Let us hit some more phone calls. 1-8-Prager-776. 1-8-Prager-776. There's there's also there's a wonderful bit of... uh, of history that I can share because I mentioned uh, earlier on that uh, AM 920, the answer WGKA was where Herman did his very, very first uh, radio talk show. He tells the story in his book. Let me go ahead and share it verbatim. This is from, uh, this is Herman Cain, my journey to the white house. And he writes, uh, as for my career in radio, this is circa 2000, uh, Martha Zoller, an Atlanta area radio talk show host, started me on it when she asked me to substitute for her. It went so well, this was after my Senate race, that people would call me and say, you really ought to keep your voice out there. At the same time, a couple of people who had worked on the campaign suggested likewise, so I asked them to prepare the format for the Herman Cain show. Then I pitched the idea to the general manager of WGKA, our own AM 920, the answer, in Atlanta. And he writes, I outlined my concept in a 45-minute presentation in which I stressed that I plan to deal with major issues, when I finished, the manager said, well, you thought about this a bit, didn't you? <laughs> and soon after that, I was offered a two-hour program on Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m. When I started, that time slot didn't even have a pulse, but after about a year, the station officials began to notice a blip, like a heartbeat, and they said, hey, people are listening. And uh, then he moved across town in Atlanta radio, but it is from the uh, the community of Atlanta then embraced by the community of America, the Republican community, the conservative community. 2012 was a busy, busy primary. It obviously eventually yielded Mitt Romney, and maybe less said about that, the better. But the inclusion of Herman Cain made it a more interesting race. The life and pronouncements and uh, energy of Herman Cain have made us a better country, and we salute him today on the news of his passing this morning. 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. All right, so obviously Herman Cain, obviously Bill Barr's uh, flogging at the hands of, uh, of, you know why the Democrats wouldn't let him answer anything? 
and it created a total hashtag of reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. Um, Mr. Barr, isn't it true that you and the president are um, racist, authoritarian, demon spawn? Well, no, but uh, reclaiming my time. What? Who thought that was a good look? Who thought that was a good idea? And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, as 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 goofy and as as dumb and as cowardly as that looks, might have been a superior choice to letting him actually answer the questions because when he actually replied to their attacks, he danced circles around them. And I, I rather enjoyed the rhythm of this. A Democrat would ask him a question, so to speak, engage in posturing, and then immediately interrupt with reclaiming my time. And then, obviously, then the pendulum swings to a Republican member of the committee who would then say, um, Mr. Attorney General, uh, would you like to actually answer some of the things that <laughs> that my, my Democrat colleague just asked? Oh, goodness, goodness gracious me. We are in Jersey City. Doug, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you, sir? Hi, Doug. Alrighty, these chances pass but once. We are in... Alrighty, we are in Prescott, Arizona. Ted, hey, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hi. Dennis. Or not Dennis. <laughs> well, it's, it, this this is my day. Great, That's great okay. No talk, problem. Nice to, to have you. you. Thank you. You're, Thank you're you. a great host. Thanks. For, for Dennis. Anyway, I wanted to comment on the loss of Herman Cain. He was just a great man, fine man, and a gentleman. And I'll tell you, he would have been welcome in my home any time. Yeah. And I'm really saddened with the loss. And uh, God be with him. And uh, and and he, God is with him, and he is with God. And it's just a good idea to be reminded that with the the sense of loss that we feel, with the sense of grief that we experience, that the counterpoint to that is the celebration in heaven, the celebration in heaven. Uh, on the occasion of, of the arrival of any child of God who has paved a path there. And um, it's it, it, what we are left with is a legacy of, of, of courage, a legacy of just of a good and, and godly man. And he will live on in, in the memories and in the inspiration that he has given to a number of generations. God bless you, Herman. Mark Davison for Dennis. Right back. The Dennis Prager Show. It is the Dennis Prager Show for a Thursday, the 30th day of July 2020. Great to have you here. Let's see what we can take care of here in our dwindling minutes here of hour number one. We are in Glendale, Cal. David, hi. Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? Hey Dennis, how you doing? I'm how good. It's it's, it's a comedy premise now. Everyone just please call me Dennis. I'm honored. What's going on? Nice to have you. Oh, is this not is this not Dennis? <laughs> it's it's happy sub host Mark Davis. How are you? Oh, I apologize for that. I was confused because you sound just as stupid as that. No problem at all. Our telephone number is one eight Prager seven seven six. Alrighty, we are in Hopkins, Minnesota. Hey Dan, Mark Davis, welcome in for Dennis. How are you doing? No. Well, my, my point is, I have an idea, and I think it's really the true American way for education. Yeah. If you can demonstrate to a government agency, that's the downside, having a government agency, but you could demonstrate knowledge and competence on any degree area, 
and open it wide open to the free enterprise market to train people in every degree, particularly right. engineering yeah. and uh, in science, computer science, accounting. Um, you could really it'd be a it'd be a knockout punch to the Marxist indoctrination at our universities. It can yeah. be done at a fraction of the cost. You bet. Regardless of your economic level, if you could demonstrate competency and knowledge, you'd get an honorary degree from the government. Rather than spending sixty well. to hundred thousand dollars a year in these stupid universities, I, I don't know the the I don't know the the honorary degree. I, I know the intent, and the intent is smart, and you're very very in touch with what seems to be a, a sort of a, a modern mood. God bless everybody's college degrees, and college is still a great idea for many. Choose carefully where you go. Uh, there are some disciplines that absolutely are going to require a college degree forever: law, medicine, et cetera, et cetera. But if there's some real world applications of things, there there's there's other validities that could be attached to to things that you do and the notion of doing things with your hands the notion of of being a craftsman the notion of of certain technical skills that you can get at a technical school that is very different than having you know some broad indoctrination that you might have to endure on various political uh, realms at, at the large state university down the road from you uh, i think that I, I mean it kind of breaks my heart a little bit i mean i'm proud of my journalism degree from the university of maryland you know, I, I hope I put that to some good use. And and there are, there are people who I would say, you absolutely need to go get a degree. I would tell them to be extremely careful about the university that you get it from, as Dennis is wisely taught and various others. And a whole lot of other people, I'd say, college just may not be the best thing for you. And the American university system, as Dennis has said, is is one of the things that has, has turned people against the concept of embracing of this country as great. Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around. One hour down, two more to go. We've got plenty more to come. Sit tight. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. 